Blog Talk Radio. Franchise interviews from Eastern Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia. You're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Welcome to Franchise Interviews, an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship. Listen to interviews with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts, and attorneys. And now, welcome your host, Marty McDermott, and Franchise Interviews. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over 15 years now, we've been asking the entrepreneurs one-on-one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and we have a great show. We're meeting with Shelly Sun, the CEO and founder of Bright Star Care. And Bright Star Care boasts more than 365 locations nationwide that provide medical and non-medical services to clients in their homes, as well as supplemental care staff to corporate clients. We're going to talk to Shelly about that in just a moment. Franchise interviews. So stick around because we have a great show. Franchise teacher. Would you like to know how to franchise your concept or grow your franchise business? Meet the experts at Franchise Teacher. The goal of Franchise Teacher is to teach, coach, consult, and advise. The team of experts at Franchise Teacher will evaluate your business model and present you with a winning business strategy. Franchise Teacher will help you decide whether or not your concept works and if it's franchisable. Franchise Teacher is proud to have over 30 years of experience in franchising as both franchisees and franchisors. Franchise Teacher are developers of over a dozen franchise systems which include brick and mortar as well as home-based concepts of nearly 3,000 combined franchise locations. Whether you need to add more units or get more customers, Franchise Teacher can help. We will teach. Franchise Teacher will help you learn our proven system. Coach. Franchise Teacher will help you provide a game plan to succeed. Consult. Franchise Teacher will make sure you stay on track. And advise. Franchise Teacher will help you learn from our over 30 years of experience in franchising as both franchisees and franchisors. Take advantage of our free, no-obligation phone consultation. Simply go to FranchiseTeacher.com or call us at 561-385-3032. That's FranchiseTeacher.com. Or call us at 561-385-3032. Hi, this is Connie McDermott, Administrative Assistant for Franchise Interviews, LLC, and you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews, from Eastern Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia. You're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over 15 years now, we've been asking the entrepreneurs one-on-one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and as we were saying earlier, we have a great show. Well, we're meeting with Shelly Sun, the CEO and founder of Bright Star Care. And Bright Star Care boasts more than 365 locations nationwide that provide medical and non-medical services to clients in their homes, as well as supplemental care staff to their corporate clients. Hi, Shelly. How are you? Welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Marty. 
Uh, this doing is great. my pleasure. I, you know, I've always wanted to interview you, Shelley. I, I said, I can't, you know, we've been doing the podcast for 15 years now, and, and, and so this is, this is a highlight for me. So I'm very excited to interview oh, you today. Oh, thank you so much. My pleasure. Uh, you're most welcome. Yeah, you're most welcome. So um, I want to, we always start off, where are you calling from this morning, Shelley? Uh, Chicagoland area where we are co-located in Chicago, and okay. in 2023 we'll be co-locating to Nashville. So right oh, now I'm fantastic. in a Chicago location. Yeah. Oh, good. Okay, good. Did you guys get hit with snow yet, Shelley? Uh, just a little flurries. Nothing too bad. Okay, nothing, nothing too significant. Bad. Okay, okay. <laughs> we're, the only reason I ask is we're supposed to get hit with snow. We're in eastern Pennsylvania, so we're supposed to get our first okay. snowfall today. So, yeah, and, and, and it's cold. But, you know, you have an amazing story, Shelley. You know, I'm very familiar with, with Bright Star Care and, and the background, but I thought, you know, maybe we can go back to the beginning. It sounds like the story starts with your grandmother, doesn't it? Correct. Yeah, looking for care for our grandmother who lived in Florida. We lived in mm-hmm. Illinois. She needed both non-medical care um, right. and medical care, um, and there was not a company that I could find that was doing both. There were right. a lot of the kind of early stage franchisors that we compete with now that right. ha- only offered non-medical then and now. Mm-hmm. And then there were certain companies, home health companies, that would do the medical side. But I needed both, and that was really difficult to manage over two agencies and have two different sets of personnel making sure they were coming and doing what needed to be done and kind of stepped away from that family experience mm-hmm. after losing her grandmother in mm-hmm. early 2002. And, wow, do, do families need what, what we had been looking for and talking to right. a lot of families and nurses and those in hospitals that were discharge planners that seemed like there was not just a need for our family but for many mm-hmm. families. And that was the, the um, inspiration for starting the brand in late 2002. What's interesting, you know, when, when I studied your background, Shelley, is, you know, and I say this in a complimentary way, is, is, is you have an accounting background, which is interesting because we don't think of like a lot of accountants going into mm-hmm. or starting their own business. But it seemed to me like, you know, when I was studying you, that th- this was an advantage to you, wasn't it, is your accounting background? Yeah, I think um, I'm very good with numbers. I'm very mm-hmm. good at systematizing things, which would be yes. you know, natural for an accountant. But I sure. had um, started in the public accounting side, but then had moved on to the corporate side where, you know, my job kind of a year before starting my brand, I was supervising over 300 people at CNA Insurance. And so I had grown to have a great affinity for getting the best out of talent and leading Mm -hmm. large teams. And so I think that's not always a skill set that would be uh, akin to an accountant, but I'm a hugger and I love people, both the clients (laughs) we have the honor to serve and the employees that we, you know, have the honor to work with every single day. And so having an ability to have that financial discipline, which is so critical in an entrepreneurial startup because cash is king. And so managing to those metrics is something I think that has been um, important for us to be able to grow and scale and have Mm -hmm. capital to reinvest back into the business because of that, that, that discipline that I, that I grew up with, but certainly the people side is not is not normal with all accountants but is very akin to how i am wired i had to ask you shelly because my favorite show my my wife and i her favorite show is Mm -hmm. undercover boss so i just had to ask you about you know (laughs) what was the experience like for you because i know you had probably had cameras on you all the time right what was was that experience all the time it was it was pretty invasive but you know it's a great thing for our brand i you know i felt so proud Mm because i think many don't kind of understand kind of 
how much you turn over the control of everything when you agree <laughs> right. to do that show. You have no editing rights. I saw it live the same time wow. as 9.1 million people. Right. I had to give the list of all franchise locations. I didn't cherry pick. They wow. got to pick the locations. And That's then great. within there, they interviewed you know, 50 to 100 caregivers and wow. they likely were looking for the caregivers that had the most drama in their personal right. life. Which sure. drama in your personal life sometimes mm-hmm. sometimes doesn't equate to you know um, uh, um, being great in the professional life right. Right? or being right. able to show up on time and do all the things that are necessary. And so to have such great quality care with such compassion be able to be demonstrated right. on camera for what was my original, you know, kind of guiding principle for starting Bright Star. I couldn't be more proud. But yes, oh, yeah. it was 20 hours a day for about 13 wow. straight days. Um, <laughs> I had oh. cameras in my bedroom, right. near my bed, every phone call <laughs> exactly. was listened to. The only prophecy is on my, like the four by four of the bathroom itself. Oh, no. But doing my makeup <laughs> and everything, they were watching everything, which was uh, quite an interesting interesting experience, but a great one for right. the brand and a great experience to get out with our amazing caregivers that are the reason why we have the honor to serve so many moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas are those amazing caregivers on the front line. Your, your industry is, is, is interesting because it's always changing, Shelley. I mean, maybe you could talk about how Bright Star Care is responding to you know, all these changes that are taking place in the healthcare industry. Yeah, and maybe I'll, I'll go through a couple of things just from a, how we've gotten to this point, which I think yes. has really set us up to be really different than our competitors. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. One, from a very early stage, we um, developed a proprietary technology. Mm-hmm. And I think what's great about that is all of our franchisees are on the same platform. Right. And so when we innovate and work with national account partners that might be Medicare Advantage plans, mm-hmm. uh, clinical trials, et cetera, we don't have to go to an off-the-shelf platform and tell them what needs to be done, wait for them to maybe not meet the timing that is the expectation of the national account partner we're dealing with, right. and we don't have to worry that what we have just you know, innovated and spent time getting that relationship, but all of my competitors are now going to have access to that, those features, and be able to think about how do they use those to compete with us. So we've really been able to create sticky relationships on the national account side by having our own technology platform. I think we've also been able to enable consistent quality because Mm -hmm. all of our franchisees are on the same platform. They follow the same policies and procedures, and we evolved from having the same technology platform to having joint commission accreditation. And so Mm -hmm. we've always required nurse-led. We've always required skilled and non-skilled where licensure allows, all on the same technology platform, now Mm -hmm. taking that forward to joint commission accreditation, which brings us to kind of the here and now, which is more care is moving into the home, more government and third-party payers are willing to pay for the least costly setting of care, which is the home compared to hospital and nursing home. And mm-hmm. so with Medicare Advantage, how much, how much um, uh, better for our country in terms of Medicare claims costs to have some things done to prevent incidents of going into a hospital by having mm-hmm. some supplemental hours in the home on a continual basis. Well, how the, uh, arguably those rates are not sustainable to be highly profitable. If right. you can't demonstrate the outcomes that you're delivering and how mm-hmm. your outcomes are better 
than others. And so having mm-hmm. all of our franchisees on the same platform, having the quality of care and nurse-led that was part mm-hmm. of our original and then joint commission accreditation gave us a lot of confidence to, even during COVID in 2020, to invest right. six figures to align with Avalier Health to do a study um, of how our outcomes compare to everyone else that is receiving home care that's not us or not receiving home care. We were able to quantitatively demonstrate that we were saving on average $13,000 per member uh, when we were utilized. And that's been really valuable for us going in and having the conversations with the Medicare Advantage plans where their rates were significantly less 18 months ago. And we've Mm -hmm. been able to go in and get between 5 and 35% rate increases depending on the market um, and the payer because we know that our outcomes are higher because of nurse-led care and joint commission consistency right. and data access than mm-hmm. our competitors. And so what were strong foundational things that have been building blocks up until now, I think are that much more important right now where right. what's happening now, more care is being paid for third-party payers and government. Um, you have to be able to demonstrate how you're bending the cost curve in other areas to be able to get rates that are sustainable. And we've mm-hmm. got to be able to influence our franchisees to take it. Arguably, shorter shifts, two or four hours with Medicare Advantage, are harder to mm-hmm. fill um, than longer shifts that might be private pay. But you've right. got a lot of things convening at the same time. You've got a changing economy where you know inflation mm-hmm. exists and, and household right. budgets don't go as far. I think we're going to see, like we did in 2008 to 2010, lots of layoffs in 2023, which I think drastically Mm -hmm. changes what has been a tight labor market. I think that really starts to change in 2023. Um, And so that government payer will be a necessary component for increasing our addressable market and offsetting the customers that might have to reduce hours or stop Mm -hmm private pay care, and they need a different funding source, whether that's long-term care or that's Medicare Advantage. And so knowing that Medicare Advantage was growing hours, more plans were participating, and knowing what was coming, because, you know, I've lived to 2008 to 2010, Mm -hmm. many of my franchisees have not, we know that hours are going to be cut, we know clients are going to have to stop, and so we can't rely on the private pay market that we used to be able to rely on 10 years ago. And so we've got to be right. leaning in very heavily to Medicare Advantage. Well, sure. the only way we can help help do that is, A, get the rates up, and our, our outcomes data does that. But mm-hmm. also we need to do surveys to assess the sentiments of that Medicare Advantage population. Will they right. choose their provider based upon those agencies that are taking Medicare Advantage? And will mm-hmm. they not work with agencies if they are not taking Medicare Advantage? And so the survey that we just did wasn't surprising, um, but it was necessary, I think, to start to change the mindsets of franchisees as to, oh, our our way of customer acquisition really Mm -hmm. has changed and will continue to fundamentally change in increasing numbers, and we've got to get on the Medicare Advantage train. We can't just kind of wait and see. And we've been really heavily investing six figures ever since 2018 every year Mm -hmm. in consultants, data, et cetera, because we understand how important Medicare Advantage will be to the future. We had, um, you know, over the last couple of years, as you know, Shelley, you know, a lot of our guests that have been on the show, I mean, they had to pivot because of, of, of COVID. Um, I mean, how, how did COVID impact or did you have to pivot a bit when, 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 when the coronavirus happened? 
Yeah, I think we had to pivot into um, where some families were able to have their parents live with them. Some cases right. stopped, but we continued growing. Mm-hmm. Revenue continued to grow all during wow. COVID, but we shifted towards more business to business, and we were very active in some of the clinical t- trials and the testing um, right. occurring in the meat processing plants and school districts at airports. Mm-hmm. We were honored to be part of some of the clinical trials from the vaccinations that have been taken around the world. Um, we were able to stand up, you know, 600, 800 nurses in a six-week period of time to be able to have those things happen. And, you know, our franchisees really rallied around a substantial amount of business that came in. I think we're starting right. to get you know, kind of more back into the mix of business that was more akin to pre-COVID mm-hmm. now, uh, but that has right. taken a little bit of time. But we, you know, generally at the local level as well, we didn't suffer a down, um, but right. we did have to think quickly on our feet and have some sure. very quick pivots. I'm very glad we had the skilled part of our portfolio and joint commission accreditation to be yes. able to pivot. A lot of those partners were wanting to work with agencies that they felt like had some um, accreditation standard to not put their, their brands at risk, particularly on right. medical uh, trials. That was really important. You mentioned the um, proprietary technology, Shelley, which of course is extremely important. But you know, how else does technology play a, a role in your business over the years? It seems like technology, in, in addition to the industry, is always changing as well. You know, so I'm sure there's been a lot of changes. I, I last time I interviewed. Um, uh, Bright Star Care was eight years ago, so I'm sure there's been a lot of changes in technology <laughs> since then. But but how you know how are you using technology today? In addition, yeah, to I think you know, when we fir- yeah, I think when we first started, it was more of a back office on how do we have consistency in how we onboard a client, making sure there's supervisory mm-hmm. visits, how do we bill and pay, those kind of things. Right. And I think we've evolved right. to that point of um, point of care uh, almost of where all of our caregivers are using, you know, a clock in, clock out. They're going through a set of um, tasks that they should do that's customized based upon what the diagnosis is of the patient. So mm-hmm. we are trying to make sure we're doing the right things and we're able to empower our caregivers to notify on an exception basis automatically through the technology that there's been a change in condition with the client that right. they're taking care of so that our nurses can intervene and ideally we can prevent a hospitalization or something worse um, right. by something we're able to notice a change in blood pressure um, ahead of something getting more serious, and I think that's Mm -hmm. been a big change. It was critical for us during COVID, and I think why we were kind of selected by, you know, our caregivers across the country as one of the top 20 CEOs Mm -hmm. in handling the COVID on Glassdoor, which Glassdoor usually isn't complimentary of any brand, so I felt Mm -hmm. almost the most um, you know, kind of um, applauded from getting from sure. getting that recognition, and I was the only yeah. woman, and there weren't any other healthcare. And wow. so, I think we were able to help the the caregivers be able to not go into a patient's home until they certified to a certain set of um, not having symptoms and not having mm-hmm. exposures. So we kept our seniors safe because that was the highest risk demographic before the um, vaccinations were available, right? And PPE right. was 
hard in that very early stage. We were mm-hmm. one of the first brands to have N95 masks available, 100,000 of them across our brand. We got all of our wow. offices with those, and then we were helping the local hospitals have those as well, nursing wow. homes locally. So we try to you know, be an active part of the communities as well as we put our balance sheet to work. And so I think that technology allowed mm-hmm. us to help the caregivers mm-hmm. to make sure we kept them safe, but ultimately kept our patients safe. And then and when we had that up within three weeks of the kind of major onset of, of COVID because we owned our own technology and we worked around the clock right. to make sure we were keeping our seniors safe by adapting our technology. And then within a few more weeks, we were able to have something where we were able to screen our clients for any of those symptoms so we mm-hmm. could get ahead if there was an early onset of yeah. COVID and how do we make sure that we can do the right things for them so it didn't progress because ideally we could keep them out of the hospitals where there was more exposure and they might not have thrived as well. So we were trying to um, use technology to kind of be Mm -hmm. out ahead of that. And now I think it's about evolving our technology to data, 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 uh, you know, outcomes, improving those. But also we've got a major initiative that will occur in 2023 of giving dashboards on mobile device for Mm -hmm. our franchisees, for our multi-unit owners to compare agency to agency and then look at it in total. But all the things that are critical components of the business, you know, what's revenue drivers and how are they doing that on that leading and lagging indicators? What's the customer experience? How are we doing a net promoter score and clinical interactions? What are we doing on workforce, both in growth and workforce, employee engagement score? Um, What are we doing on brand consistency? Are Mm -hmm. are franchisees spending the amount that they should on marketing? Those kind of things. And then ultimately financial, what's the gross margin? What's the profitability? What's the day sales outstanding for AR management? And clicking through to that so they can see by referral source, by payer, um, um, by kind of grouping of customers, mm-hmm. what their margins are high to low so they can continue to evolve the business and make sure they're sustainably profitable. So we're really trying to work on more consistency across the brand, but also bring tools to our franchisees that help them optimize and improve their individual franchisee performance. And that's what it's about as a franchisor. It's amazing if you think about it, as you're describing the show, you know, how far we've come, you know, or Brightstar Care has come. You know, I think I try to think about how you did this 19, 20 years ago. You know, it's a lot different today, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> Correct. Yes. It's exciting, though, isn't it, at the same time? I mean, because, right, the, the, the data is so powerful and the technology is, is so powerful. So, I, I mean, I, I, I think it's wonderful. What I also love about your model, in addition to, to many things, is, you know, you have these multiple revenue streams, which, which I think is very clever. Mm-hmm. So when, when you or, you know, someone from your, let's say, franchise development team, if you were at a franchise show and you were meeting with uh, a prospective franchisee, how do they typically describe Brightstar Care to an aspiring entrepreneur, Shelley? Yeah, I think, I think we would describe ourselves as uniquely different mm-hmm. and really positioned on mm-hmm. where the industry is going yeah. because we have non-medical and medical, which as you think about, you know, hospital at home, skilled nursing facility alternatives, more care is coming into the home. They don't Mm -hmm. want just the companion care. They don't want just the personal care. They want that utilization of nurses, and they certainly want the nurse oversight and not nurses you're hiring in for an hour and there's this big pool of them. They want one continual um, nurse that's kind of overseeing things as things Mm -hmm. go on. You, You think about the type of acuity that would be involved in a hospital at home. It's the same thing right. as someone 
six months ago, two years ago, would have gone into the hospital for. Now they're receiving those services at home. It's really mm-hmm. important we get that right. Um, and it's not kind of making grandmother a, a meal, right? It's really invasive right. care. And so the fact that we are positioned for that, I think, is, is aligned with where the industry is going. I think our flexibility and data models of being able to care for multiple types of patients, whether that's seniors, adults, children in the home across the whole acuity spectrum, I think is really Mm -hmm. important. And we have the data to help our franchisees fight for additional margin because it is an industry where you have to worry about being commoditized because there's so many players. If you can't prove you're making a difference, you're getting the lowest rate. And I think we really have set up our franchisees not just to have high volumes, but to be profitable because they have the data necessary to make the argument that they should be paid more because they, compared to their competitors, are making a real difference. Um, So I think that's important. I think we have the largest national account uh, portfolio. So you think about this, I think we're about 25 to 27% of the revenue of our franchisees comes through our national account portfolio. So that's business our franchisees don't have to go generate. They have to execute on and fulfill, but that's unique for us versus our competitors that haven't, A, had the technology to do it and the department to be able to do it. And I think that is uniquely different for us. And we would be talking about that. I think we've also been willing to put our money where our mouth is. We're one Mm -hmm. of the only franchisors that from day one has maintained company owned locations. Shockingly, many of my uh, my competitors started franchising and they never had company-owned locations. Um, I think that's really difficult to not really know on, yeah. on the ground, like how the industry is evolving, testing technology, check, testing marketing, testing new players. Right. And we not only have had you know a few from the very beginning, but up until about 18 months ago, we had three, and now we have 20. Um, we right. have very wow. aggressively invested in having franchisees sell to us. So we have... 20 locations, and coast-to-coast. We used to, Mm -hmm. you know, 18 months ago, just be in the Midwest. We now are in Arizona, Florida, Alabama, South Carolina, Tennessee, um, and the Midwest. Um, And so we want to be able to test marketing, test payers, uh, uh, test new referral relationships in different parts of the country so we can get that optimized and roll those out as revenue sources to our franchisees. We already have five revenue streams and multiple mm-hmm. different payer types and national accounts, but I think we will have many more over the next two to three years because we're already mm-hmm. working under NDA with some of the largest payers or hospital chains in the country on really innovative things, and we're doing that leveraging the balance sheet that's behind our company-owned locations. And once we fine-tune right. some things, get it to scale, that will be new sources of opportunity for our franchisees in the future. Your, your industry, obviously, you know, Bright Star Care has, it stands out in the industry, Shelley. Maybe we could talk about, I mean, it seems to me like, you know, in, in looking at the industry, I mean, it just keeps getting bigger every year because people are living longer and, you know, things of that nature. But, I mean, are, are there any numbers for your industry? I imagine it's, it's, it's a pretty significant industry, isn't it? Yes, very significant and rapidly growing. <laughs> yeah, that's safe to say, isn't it? I mean, it's, it, it is it's such a it's such a big industry, and, and that's you know that's important. You know, it's one of the the pieces of advice you know we have given over the last fifteen years is you know look towards the industry. What is the industry doing? Mm-hmm. You know, and obviously you know you're you're, you're right there in the forefront. Um, any recent performance marks uh, that that in, in addition do you'd like to share that you know some of them you mentioned, Shelley? Um, I, I think I would, uh, if I put myself into the shoes of the franchisees, I mean, we're always on the, you know, entrepreneur, you know, list. We're always on mm-hmm. the, you know, fast yes. growing companies, all right. those kind of things. Right. And that's, that's yeah. great. I think what yeah. I 
as a franchisee would be looking towards are like the Avalier Health Studies, where we've been the only home care brand to ever be able to get a study done and published mm-hmm. by a third party that demonstrates that we actually do truly improve outcomes. And that's going to be really important with the payers of the future. I think we really are going through a systemic change over the next mm-hmm. few years where the payers are changing and what they want to pay for is going to change. I don't think there's going to be an appetite with probably half of our industry three years Mm -hmm. from now where they just pay an hourly rate regardless of the outcomes that are delivered. And so you think about, to me, a lot of the industry is really on the precipice of being blockbuster that Mm -hmm. was locked in Mm -hmm. to their economic model being tied to late fees. Even though the customers hated that, I think similarly, a lot of our customers and ultimately payers don't like that we expect to all in our industry um, charge the same amount regardless of what we deliver. And I think that time of reckoning like it was for Blockbuster is coming to the industry where you Mm. have to have data, you have to have quality outcomes, you're going to have to have nurse-led care and consistency like through Joint Commission Accreditation. And I feel very blessed that we already have a lot of that foundation of technology, data, nurse-let care, joint commission accreditation, and now Mm -hmm. we're just evolving to the payers that can allow us to continue to scale and increase the addressable market. We're in a really great position as are our franchisees and future franchisees for phenomenal growth and I think arguably taking market share away from many of our competitors. That's great. You've been doing. You've been involved in franchising now for for quite some time, Shelley. You know, so I have to ask when I have someone like yourself on the show, you know, because our listeners, you know, they're pretty much they're new to franchising. They have this idea, you know, that they would like to one day own a franchise. But as you know, I mean, mm-hmm. there's so much out there today. So there's a lot of like confusion in the beginning. They're like, okay, where do I look? Where do I start? I mean, from from everything you've learned about franchising up to this point, what advice would you give to our listeners then in their quest to buy a franchise? I'd be looking at the, you know, item 19, you know, which mm-hmm. describes kind of how the, fran- the franchisee units perform. Mm-hmm. Right. I would look for franchisors that are innovative mm-hmm. and willing to do what's hard because it's necessary versus right. just those that might be kumbaya with their franchisees, sure. but arguably French- Blockbuster was kumbaya with their franchisees until they sure. all went off the right. ledge together. Right. Um, and so for me, leadership is about doing what's necessary, even if it's hard. Right. I think franchisees and franchisors, given exactly the same information and the time to look at it, will arrive at the same conclusion. My experience will just, has just been that the franchisor might be able to see it a couple years before franchisees mm-hmm. want to adapt to it. And I would be much more, regardless of the industry, home care, food, whatever, you know, right. are more restaurants moving to ghost kitchens? Are right. more um, food, food service moving towards robots instead of yes. people on the front line? Those right. that haven't embraced that, where it's, it, their franchisees may not be happy because they're having to invest in a lot of technology. Mm-hmm. Our franchisees are having to adapt to go to Medicare Advantage. We're really enforcing our consistency of standards across our franchise brand because if we don't have that, we can't sell ourselves to payers. Right. And so for the franchisees that are going to do it right, they should want us doing that. Change is hard. And so I would sure. be looking for actually franchisors where kind of there's some element of change and challenge within the network, I think that Mm -hmm. actually is much stronger a sign of health that you're going to be with a franchisor that's still going to be around 10, 20, 30 years from now than those where it's just easy as you go status quo 
because mm-hmm. nothing about our macroeconomic environment is status right. quo. Right. Wow. That's a, that's a great, great response, Shelley. So, you know, as the founder and CEO of the company, I mean, I can ask you, and you kind of hinted on, on some of the things, Shelley, but, you know, what are Bright Star Care's plans for the future? If you could look into Crystal Ball, whether the Crystal Ball is one year, three years, or five years, where do you see the organization? Yeah, I think we're, you know, continuing very heavily to grow our customer count. We really, you know, our mission is to help moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas live safely and independently at home. And uh, Medicare Advantage gives us a new foray to be able to help more people access affordable care at home with Medicare Advantage or Medicare Advantage plus private mm-hmm. pay as a combination. So that's a big that's a big um, evolution for us. We're being very innovative on the workforce front. We signed a um, an agreement, an alliance, if you will, with the largest nursing. Uh, the nursing school program um, online and in person in the country, Chamberlain, and we will um, have uh, by the second quarter a practice rec- ready specialty in home mm-hmm. care that is co-branded Bright Star Care and Chamberlain for all of their students. Um, that will give us access to have our brand in front of our future nurses and be able to access their uh, current alumni and current mm-hmm. students. So that's that's a big win for our franchisees. Yeah. We'll continue to be innovative in that way, and then. You know, if I look three years out, I think it is very possible that we align with the strategic uh, to give our franchisees access to more resources to serve mm-hmm. more patients, if particularly if we align with a payer or a hospital right. chain or a Medicare or home health. We'll leave all of that on the table. I don't look to try to retire for 10 to 12 years, so mm-hmm. I may move in the next three to five years from uh, – CEO and founder and, mm-hmm. and sole shareholder because I still own 100% mm-hmm. to C- CEO and uh, founder and employee. And sure. that's okay with me. I, I was right. not running away from corporate America. I'm very mission-focused. And yeah. whatever helps us take care of more moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas, and help our franchisees grow, um, mm-hmm. then if that means aligning with the strategic, I think in this environment with a uh, an ecosystem uh, that is getting smaller and smaller and more interconnected, I think that will be the smartest move um, for us to consider. And so we will right. likely consider that in a three- to five-year time frame. That's wonderful. What's the best way, Shelley, for our listeners to get more information on Bright Star Care? Of course, there's the franchise opportunity, but even the service itself. Are there any websites you want to plug? Thank or, you. Or yes. Um, thank you so much. Um, brightstarcare.com. Easy enough. And I, want to, and I want to wish you a, a very happy holiday too, Shelley. And, and again, it was such a privilege to me for, that to finally interview. I feel like I feel like I know I knew you before the interview. You didn't know me, but it, it was a pleasure for me <laughs> to finally you, get Marty. to talk to you. And I'd like to invite you back, you know, in the next year or two as you continue to grow. Would I love that. Here. We'll continue to change and have some great things to talk about. Happy holidays. To you Absolutely. And happy holidays, Shelley. And we'll be right back with more franchise interviews. Coming up on segment two, you're going to hear what every franchisepreneur needs to know before buying a franchise. We're going to play a clip from our popular Great Quotes in Franchising podcast right here on Franchise Interviews. Franchisers, are you looking to reach aspiring entrepreneurs looking to buy a franchise? Are you looking to reach a highly educated audience on franchising? Franchise Interviews, an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship through our website, FranchiseInterviews.com. Or you can hear and read interviews as well as get tips from some of the most successful sources in franchising. Our weekly franchise radio show where each week you get to hear a new interview with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts and attorneys, and our podcast, Great Quotes in Franchising. 
For more information, go to FranchiseInterviews.com or call us at 610-905-2919. That's 610-905-2919. Hi, everyone. This is Marty McDermott, the president of Franchise Interviews, and welcome to another edition of Great Quotes in Franchising, where each podcast you get to hear a great quote in franchising. You know, we've been hosting Franchise Interviews many years now, and during that time we've had some incredible quotes on the show. Today's great quote in franchising comes from Tom Scarta, and Tom is a franchise consultant for Franchise, and he's the author of The Magic of Choosing Uncertainty. And we've had Tom on the show two times over the last 14 years, and Tom is great at providing analogies on topics like motivation and entrepreneurship. So today's great quote in franchising is called It Doesn't Hurt Enough. Well, we'll let Tom explain why. Our 10 years uh, with Franchise helping them to find businesses. And what I find, and, and you know this from the industry, is that majority of people who look at franchising do not buy a franchise. And the number one reason is fear of the unknown. Yeah. So they go, instead of choosing, see, at the end of the process, you know, they're looking at great companies because uh, we vet them, we know who's good, who's not. And, and you can never deny that the companies are not good when you go down the road at looking at them. Right. The choice... The choice is not what franchise to buy. The choice is the choice between uncertainty and unhappiness. That's interesting. And most people go back to the unhappiness, and they because there's a comfort in that, right? There's yeah, so at least I get a paycheck. At least I know I have a job. At least I can pay my bills. And, right. and I got to tell you if, you, if you think you're on this earth to pay your bills, you're always going to have a mild kind of um, frustration that goes through right. your life. That's it's very powerful, you know what you said, Tom. You know, it, it's um, it, you know, we we've seen that on the show too. You know, I mean, I've heard numbers like uh, at, at like one out of a hundred people will 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 say yes to you know going the going the, the franchise alternative, or they'll give some kind of like excuse like you know, well, it's not perfect, you know. And I remember you even saying this, you know, a long time ago is you know, there's not really. That, that always that perfect perfect opportunity. You know what I mean? I mean, there's always. It, I think the analogy you used a long time ago was even when you know you buy a house. You know what I mean? There's always going right. to be something with that house that you can always fix. You know what I mean? So there's never that That's perfect right. opportunity. And I suspect you get that from a lot of people because they're 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 so terrified of going forward. They're like, well, I don't think this is the perfect opportunity for me. I, I, I suspect you probably get that a lot, don't you? It, yeah, yeah, and you're right. I think it was um, in in Joe Matthews' great book, uh, Street Smart Franchising. Yeah, yeah. He talks about that. Um, one out of every hundred people that look at franchising actually buy a franchise, and and that the, the thing for me, Marty, is it makes me it makes me sad inside because I mm-hmm. talk to these folks yeah. that have great backgrounds. They're phenomenal at what they do, right. and they can easily translate their skills into their own business and really right. live happily ever after, and they don't. And, and it's, yeah. it's always because of fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. You use a powerful word, um, Tom. You know, you used happy. You know, and, and I think it's interesting that how many people there are out there that are, you know, working day to day and they're just – you know, as you said, they're paying their bills, you know, but they're they're not happy, are they? You know, and, and I know a lot of those people who are working for, let's say, the city, and, um, you know, they're, they're going to get their pension at some point, but they just aren't happy. And I can't imagine working 40 years 
and not being happy. And, and you wonder, yeah. uh, you know, it, it's really that powerful. And that's why I think your book is so important. You know, the magic of choosing uncertainty is is, is that you know you lived it, haven't you? I mean, um, yeah. you know, I'm sure you know you, you know you you've been through all of those things that that a lot of your um, clients um, mm-hmm. certainly have gone through their head, don't they? Yeah, I've, I've yeah I've been in their shoes. And and that's why I, I kind of enjoy what not kind of I love what I do because I'm yeah. really able to speak to people on on a you know a one to one basis that you know I've, right. I I and not only have empathy I, I've been there I've done it and and you know maybe it's not for everybody and that's fine I, I get right. that not everybody should buy a franchise believe me right but um you know but when you're when you're there and you're on the cusp and you know it's the eleventh hour and you have to make a decision and and you run away from it it's it's really really sad and from you know from my perspective it is and i think from their perspective i just read an article uh last week that said 80 86% of americans want to change their job today wow that's incredible 86% 86% of americans want to change their job today and probably maybe 1% will um you know, get out of the corporate rat race. A lot of people will change jobs and right. they're going from, you know, one fire to another mm-hmm. fire and they really exactly. don't solve anything. But I'll, I'll tell you that, um, you know, a, a, a great story that I share with everybody and I think that it will go very very well here. If you can imagine for a second, um, there's these two guys sitting on a porch, like two two old hillbillies, right? And they're, and yeah. they're drinking their... They're drinking their sarsaparilla and they're rocking in their rocking chairs. And one of them, one of them has a hound dog, and the hound dog's sitting on the floor. And every once in a while, that hound dog lets out a yelp. Yeah. So, so one of these guys, one one guy says to the other guy with the dog, hey, "What's wrong with your dog?" And he said, oh, "Nothing's wrong with the dog." So he said, "Well, why does he yelp like that?" Yeah. And he said, "Oh, he's laying on a nail." And uh, he said, "Well, why doesn't he get off the nail?" And he said, "Well, I guess it just doesn't hurt bad enough." Wow, that's a great that's a great analogy. We're gonna have to use it. We have these great quotes in franchising podcasts. We're gonna have to put that one in there. I haven't heard you tell that story, but I I think that's um, I mean I mean that's a great one. I mean it does show you know how how we're willing to live our lives like that, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's, it it frustrates the heck out of me. And um, you know, in in the book, I give people uh, what I call fuel for change, which are different exercises at the end of a couple of different chapters where you can go through changing your mindset about things. And and you realize after a while, all your stuff, all your baggage in that fear department essentially comes from your parents and and from your upbringing telling you, you know, no, 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 don't do that, be careful. And if you you lose, you're a loser. And, And and that's not the case at all because when you take a chance and if it doesn't work out for some reason, there's more life yeah. lessons in that failure than there is in any success. And, and I can tell you that directly from my smoothie experience. Sure. It, you know, there's so much more to learn when you're trying to climb out of a hill, out of a hole, than standing on top of a hill. 
Yeah, and it's, you know, it must be interesting. I, you know, I'm, I'm one of those people, as I mentioned, Tom. You know, I mean, my mom is still waiting for me to go apply for the post office, you know. I said, I'm going to be <laughs> 50 years old in three years, you know. And I, and I just I just recently, you know, completed my doctorate degree last year, and I think she's still waiting oh, wow. for me to go work, you know, for, for the post office, you know. I mean, she just tried to instill that in me as a kid, and maybe that was my, my reason I went the other direction, you know. I just didn't. It just didn't seem gratifying to me, not to, to, to pick on anyone who works for the post office, but I just didn't, I wouldn't have had that. And, and I love the word you use. It uses word fuel, you know, and we had, um, we had the great Michael Gerber on our show, and I, I know you're, you're a fan uh-huh. of his as well. If you'd like to hear that whole interview with Tom Scarta, all you have to do is go to FranchiseInterviews.com. You can go to our Franchises Listed Alphabetically page, and you can find Tom Scarta there. Or you can go to Franchise Interviews Listed by Category, and you can go to our Franchise Experts page and listen to the interview there. And finally, we just want to thank everyone for making this Great Quotes in Franchising podcast such a big hit. And we'll see you again soon with another edition of Great Quotes in Franchising from Franchise Interviews. Take care, everyone. Franchise Interviews. From Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia, you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews.